When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good night, good night, Charmers. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of The Charming Libra. I am your host, Tasha. And happy Sunday. Happy, you know, sun, actual day. You know, the, the sun will this day. So it's all about being very creative and lighthearted and basically wonderful, right? But um, I'm coming to you late. It's like, what time is it? 8.10? Oh, 8.14 p.m., I'm losing daylight, so I want to try to, like, get this in because I am going to be a very busy, busy girl um, the next month, to be honest. For one, I am doing a house visit, so I will be getting paid for that, um, for the mileage, because it's, like, far. It is far that I have to drive. So, I'm getting paid for it. I also am going to be in, like, a full-on training for a month. So that means I won't be working from home except for on Thursday. Um, and this Monday Uh, after that, I have to go into another location, uh, for up until June 6th, at least. So it's going to be very busy. Luckily I'm done with school. It was like the perfect timing that school ended because I would have been in a fucking mess. Um, so yeah, so right now I just got done with a homemade blowout. I wanted to make sure that I look nice tomorrow, so I want to make sure my hair was fresh and clean and and beautiful. I've been like wearing my hair curly lately, and then after a while I just get tired of it being curly, and then I go straight for a little bit. So now is that time. But um, I wanted to come with the, uh, with this episode, it's a bonus episode for the health and astrology, nutrition and health by Robert Carl Jansky. Um, again, because I just don't have time to take notes anymore. I'm just reading directly from the book. Um, also I just wanted to say, I hope you guys had a very, (laughs) a very healthy lunar eclipse for Scorpio. Unfortunately for me, 
it, the energy was so intense and so strong that I was unable to do any of my rituals. The only thing that I was able to do was to make my Scorpio moon water because I needed, you know, some Scorpio healing. And so I put, I have this beautiful blue light glass. I forgot what the place is called, but it has a Phoenix on it. And so I thought that was like perfect to make Scorpio moon water, the symbol of the Phoenix, which is, you know, one of the symbols of Scorpio. So I made some of that. Um, I just kept, I had a like nocturnal panic attack, which I didn't even know was possible. I ended up having to go into my psychiatrist. I had to be put on a new med, um, a very strong one, which I'm, you know, you guys know like how I am, but unfortunately this time is the time that I'm going to have to take it. Um, like a champ, (laughs) I usually have, um, like Ativan that I take as needed, but that didn't even work. It was that intense of a panic attack that I felt like I was dying. You guys, I thought I was having a heart attack and then it happened while I was asleep and I grabbed my husband. I couldn't breathe. Like I couldn't even take an inhale. I was just stuck in like a, or an exhale. I was just stuck in an inhale. I was like, <gasps> and I couldn't like exhale at all. And then I was like, so like, I was literally like shaking and jittery and I felt like I was going to pass out. It was just a mess. And then I didn't sleep at all. I only slept for two hours that, that, um, that night. And then in the morning it happened again. And then in the late afternoon it happened again and it just kept, kept happening. So at that point I was like, I took a long bath. So that was kind of like my little short, cause I usually like on water moons, I take a nice, beautiful bubble bath. And then I like, when I'm cleansing my body, I'm like saying cleansing out whatever I need to cleanse out. And then uh, adding in whatever I need to add in. And so I was doing that and everything and washing my body and everything. And I had some Scorpio crystals I I was wearing to connect with. Um, but other than that, as far as like my journaling and all that stuff, I couldn't even do it. I just could not do it. So that's how mine went. I hope everyone else had a better one, but I mean, it, it was, it was intense. That's all I can say. Um, but I also currently have 10% off of my crystal shop. I have 10% off of the whole store, um, Alari Sky Jewelry. So it's a Mother's Day sale. So if you want to get, you know, your friend who's a mom, your mom, your, you know, biological mom, any mom, now is the time. Like that Lattice Sunstone almost sold yesterday off of the site because I also sell on Facebook. But the person said they were going to let me know how it is. So um, they haven't replied yet. They asked me the price. They haven't replied yet. So first come, first serve in my book. Um, If you don't say, okay, can you hold it for me? I'm sorry. If someone else comes to buy it, then that's kind of on you. So I would probably start looking at that if someone was um, interested. But 10% off, you guys, is a deal's. So don't miss out. It's It goes up until Mother's Day. So I think it ends on the 15th. So don't miss out. But um, yeah, so that's Alari Sky Jewelry on Etsy. Um, I wire wrap with high quality crystals. Um, and my wire wrap is 14K gold filled, sterling silver, uh, silver plated, um, copper and antique copper and today I officially am about to get ready to launch another line now of jewelry 
Now, I did the first one, so of course I got to go get like beads and stuff because I want only the most high quality real stones for it, but it is a bracelet. So I'm looking at it now. I just purchased these lava um, stones because I've been wanting a lava stone bracelet. And I was like, eh, I would like to add more jewelry to the store. And so it's a cute um, lava stone and little silver, um, I guess like, I don't know if it's like, if you would call that filigree or something like that like little beads in between it that makes it look so nice and pretty and it came out beautiful. So I showed it on my business account and I am for sure once I get settled and I have time, um, I am going to be purchasing some nice, beautiful crystal beads. So if you guys have any requests of stuff you want to see up there, hit me up on Etsy. I love when you guys do that. I really do. Um, also, um, I guess I'll talk about the new crystal that I found that I've never heard of, but I'm, well, I'll just go ahead and do it. Um, okay. So it's called Agarin. I don't know. This is a new crystal that I found, um, when I went crystal shopping for the shop and, um, it's called, yeah, it's called like Agarin or something like that. It's basically based off of a Norse God is something that was found in Norway and it's, um, the it's basically a it says it's a Pisces and Taurus stone um and it's known as the stone I wish I could find it fuck the stone of the ocean I think uh is what I had read because I've never heard of it so I can't just like intuitively tell you what it does because this was my first time ever hearing about it oh here it goes yeah it says um the Agarin was named after the Norse sea god believed to personify the power of the ocean so yeah. So basically this is like, uh, I guess the stone of the sea kind of, um, and it's, it has wonderful qualities. I just automatically, like when I looked at, it, I thought it was a black tourmaline and I was like, Oh, can I see this? And they were like, Oh, you like the agarin or something. And I was like, Oh, is that what it is? It's very beautiful. It looks almost kind of like a really dark green, like black. It looks black, but in a way, sometimes when it sheens, it, it's like a very dark smoky green, but I love this stone. It's It's been helping ground me because I need something that makes me grounded at the moment. And so right now I'm just using a lot of grounding stones, uh, especially what's going on right now. So um, it's um, a wonderful stone. I hope to find more because I, I made a pendant out of it, of course, because um, I was practicing uh, how to weave and now I've learned how to weave bales. So that more new designs are going to be coming for the pendants as well. So I'm really excited. Um, I'll probably like show a picture or something. I don't know. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the nutrition. I like to do these bonus episodes before I do the health um, one. I don't know if I'll be able to finish all this though. Um, so yeah. All right. So It's, it's astro neutral theory. It's probably going to take me two days. So if you guys are hearing this on Sunday, you probably won't hear it till tomorrow. I'll probably finish it up tomorrow. So it's astro nutritional theory. Did I say neutral? What the fuck? Okay. Anyway. So if you have not heard the previous, I think four episodes, the first one started with the sign polarities. The second one was house polarities. The third one was aspects, I believe. And then the fourth one, it was either the fourth one or third one was at, uh, either aspects or planet 
um, meanings and stuff like that. So please listen to that. Cause if you don't, you're going to be very confused cause it's going to go into the fucking meat and potatoes here. So, um, highly recommend to listen to, to those previous episodes and please forgive me. The one that says planet, unfortunately my fucking phone changed it to plant. So it's going to say plant meaning that means planet. I try to change it. It will not let me change it. So, all right, so let's go ahead and jump in. So astral nutritional theory. In this chapter, we discuss how to apply the symbolism of astrology to nutrition. In subsequent chapters, we take up the various steps in nutrition in more detail. You may think that nutrition begins when you place food in your mouth and start to chew it. However, both astrology and nutrition make it very clear that the process of nutrition starts long before this. It starts on the farm or ranch with the raising of crops or animals and continues through the intermediate processing steps and the final cooking of the food. So, yes, please um, think of it like this <laughs> because you want to make sure you're getting quality food. And they're right. It doesn't just start when we start eating because if we're eating a fucking cow that has a bunch of shit in it, that's not going to help our health. You know, like everything I'm going through right now is it has a lot to do with my lifestyle because I've mentioned in the previous episode that I'm starting to kind of lose myself again to where I, you know, now that school's done, I think I'll be okay. Cause me and my husband went walking yesterday, but, um, I have totally decided and I won't be able to go with my friend in the morning for a month. So I've already talked to her. We're actually getting ready to start Pilates as well, um, to try it out. And then if we decide that we like it, we're going to get a membership. But um, I told her the best thing to do so that we don't lose our health completely is while, while this month we can't work out together, like we're going to work out together tomorrow, but after that I won't be able to. So I told her to just keep going to the gym without me. I'm going to do that. Like after I'm off work, I'm just going to have to go to the gym. I'm making sure I carry my gym bag with me so I don't have any excuse with the change of clothes. And wherever I am, whatever city I am, that's where I'm just going to fucking do it. That way... I'll just work out and then go home and then I won't be like, oh, like, cause once I get home, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm tired, you know? So again, kind of a tangent, but really, really make sure you know where your, what your food, your water, everything is coming from, how it was grown, how it was treated, all of that shit, because it is important. And, um, I am in my car, so that's why I guess I kind of sound fast. So I'm losing daylight, like the street lights just came on. You know, my family's at home, so it's so hard for me to record now because I only have weekends off. So um, I have to make sure to get up early and then do it before work like I have been doing or sometimes on lunch breaks. Okay, so um, it says, what the animals are fed, what fertilizers are used in growing the crops, whether pesticides are used, what preservatives and other artificial materials are added by by the food processor, All these factors are important in understanding the whole process of nutrition. So again, kind of reiterating what I just said, you have to make sure, we have to make sure that we are looking at how our food is fucking treated. Because I don't know about you guys, but I was talking to like my friend the other day and I feel like it's just so much harder to lose weight even when you're eating good foods, you know, because there's so much shit up there. Like, I don't know if you guys seen that little pill looking thing on TikTok where it cleans the fruit. I'm, I'm about to buy one of those. And you see all this grime and gross shit coming off of it. It's just like, um, 
that's what I've been eating this whole time. I wonder my stomach is so fucked up. But anyways, okay, so let's jump in. Remember, this now it's going into the nutrition and the houses. So again, if you have not listened to the first four episodes, please do it. And I mean, if you're familiar and you think you can figure it out yourself, then baby, honey, you're good then. You are good. Also, disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. I am not a I'm not an RD, a registered dietitian, and I'm not a nutritionist. I am a certified nutrition coach, meaning that anything that I say up here, I, I do have a decent background with nutrition. No, I don't have like an actual like bachelor's in nutrition, although I tried to get one, but unfortunately they won't let me get a second bachelor's degree unless I pay for it myself. And yeah, I'm not doing that right now, <laughs> especially not in grad school. So, cause I didn't want to waste my time, like my scholarships and stuff on a second bachelor's degree when I can, when I want to get my dream, which is becoming a therapist. So that's my passion. And that's why I went for the nutrition, um, certified nutrition coach, but I, you know, like I'm just reading what the book says. Um, I'm not diagnosing if you want to try this, which I'm going to, because I guess, like I said, this is a segue of where eventually the podcast is going to start heading. Um, do you, but of course, make sure you talk to your doctor, but I like to be a guinea pig for myself, but again, I'm not diagnosing anything. Okay. So nutrition in the houses, let's look at the first steps in nutrition in terms of astrology. Basic astrological theory teaches us that each sign in each house prepares the way for the next sign and the next house. The next step. The first six houses of the horoscope represent the personal side of your nature, yourself in relationship to you. The last six, the interpersonal side of our nature, yourself in relationship to others. The first quadrant, house one, two, and three represents what you are born with. The first house, the physical body, the second, the senses, which connect the physical body with the mind, and the third, the intellect. The second house represents what you value. It is the natural house of Taurus, and Taurus is ruled by Venus, which represents the sensory organs. It is precisely these organs that we use to determine what foods we eat are also important in our reactions to food. And who does not enjoy hearing bacon frying or being complimented on a meal well prepared and served? All five senses are involved in eating and all five senses are ruled by Venus, the pleasure principle. Taurus has always been symbolic of the gourmet. So now you see why Taurus is associated with that because it is. Taurus represents it it moves and grooves on its senses it's again ruled by Venus the pleasure planet so that is what basically Taurus is and Taurus also you know the the second house is all about value right so isn't this interesting I don't know about you guys but I just like totally geek out on this shit I just fucking love it okay so where was I at okay so It is precisely these organs that we use to determine what foods we like and dislike. Taste is certainly one of these senses, but smell, the visual appearance, and texture of the food we eat are also important in our reactions to food. And who does not enjoy hearing... Oh, I already read that part. Okay, I'm so sorry. So, (sighs) sorry. Anyway, so the second quadrant, quadrant houses four, five, and six represents the fulfillment of your personal needs from resources outside of yourself. 
The fourth house, whose natural sign ruler is Cancer, represents the nurturing of life, motherhood, security, and family tradition. It also governs the soil, the dairy industry, milk, and food processing. The individual, as represented by the first three houses, must be given a chance to grow and mature, and the signs Cancer through Virgo represent the summer months when growth flourishes. From the security provided by the mother, the fourth house, the child comes to feel love, the fifth house, and is able to offer himself in love to others. Leo, ruler of the heart, is the natural ruler of the fifth house. This house also represents our creativity within the food preparation process. Leo is a fire sign, and heating or cooking is a very important part of food preparation. This is where the cook, fourth house, expresses his or her creativity. The sign on the cusp of the fifth house in your horoscope symbolizes the style with which you prepare the food you eat. So it says the United States born, born on July 4th is a cancer sun nation. And it is basic to the American tradition that love is expressed by serving a good meal. That is the truth. That, that is very true. The sixth house, of course, represents what happens to the food when you put it in your mouth as well as your eating habits and the conditions surrounding mealtimes. We have already pointed out that Virgo and its natural house represents your diet. Virgo, the ruler of nutrition, is symbolized by the grain of wheat. Scorpio, I mean, oh my God, I said Scorpio, because I was just thinking when it said the cusp of your fourth house. So for me, um, let me just finish reading that. Um, we have already pointed out that the Virgo and its natural house represents your diet. Virgo, the ruler of nutrition, is symbolized by the grain of wheat. Consider its opposite sign, Pisces, symbolized by the fishes. It is interesting that in the symbolism of the Bible, Christ fed the multitudes with the loaves, Virgo, and fishes, Pisces. I love that. So um, again, look at how you prepare food. It says the, the sign on the cusp of the fifth house and your horoscope symbolizes um, the style which will you prepare food. So mine's is Scorpio. So that would be interesting to kind of know how that works. Cause I guess like, I guess what, how I see that is I would put like my emotion, like I would really be deeply entranced in what I'm making, making sure that I'm putting my love and devotion into my food so that it feeds and helps other people, making sure that I get down to every ingredient that I make sure that it's good. That's the only thing I can think of. So I would like to kind of understand that a little bit more. But it says, crossing the horizon, we move into the upper hemisphere and the third quadrant houses, seven, eight, and nine. The seventh house represents how well your body is able to regulate and balance. Libra, your diet against your individual daily requirements. The eighth house represents how you finally eliminate the materials that the body cannot use, Scorpio. The ninth house represents the results of the whole nutritional process in growth and maturation, Sagittarius and Jupiter. Each sign and house leads to the next step in the process. The fourth and final quadrant includes the 10th, 11th, and 12th houses. The 10th house is where the individual, having satisfied his needs and grown to maturity, is able to productively utilize his or her time. Here, the mature adult works and earns a reputation based upon the fruits of his labor. Astrologers often refer to the 2nd, 6th, and 10th houses as the material or business houses because they are said to represent your business acumen. 
we may also call them nutritional houses because they are symbolic of your, of your nutritional tastes and habits. Taking responsibility for these aspects of neutral, uh, where am I? I lost where I was at. Oh, here we go. Taking responsibility for these aspects of nutrition results in your physical well-being. The 11th and 12th houses being opposite the 5th and 6th indicate your acknowledgement of membership rights and obligations within society and finally within the cosmos. Through the sacrifices you make as shown by the 12th house, you become a source of life and sustainable for all future generations. So... I love how they had they have in the figure one the they call it the nutritional triangle. So it has um on the left corner of the triangle it has house two with Taurus tastes and food. Then the top of the uh triangle is house ten Capricorn reputation, and then on the right part corner of the triangle they have six house eating habits, which is ruled by Virgo. So I thought that was interesting. I wanted to let you guys know that before. But um, so it says signs on the sixth house cusp. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to go through all 12 of the zodiac signs. So let's go ahead and jump into that. I lo- I, you guys, I just love this stuff. <laughs> okay, so it says... Let's look at some of the factors of the nutritional triangle as they pertain to your own chart. Normally, the 2nd, 6th, and 10th house signs are all in the same element. Hmm. You will have to make allowances for charts in which intercepted signs disturb the natural relationship. Well, that is right. Because, uh, what is my 10th house? Um... Or no, my sixth house, yeah, is, yeah, the second, sixth, and tenth is all earth signs for me. So my second house is Virgo, my sixth house is Capricorn, and my tenth house is Taurus. So, yep. Okay, so remember, this goes through all 12 of the zodiac signs. So here we go. Aries. Typically, you're a hit and run, eater eating whenever you are hungry rather than a scheduled times each day. You usually prefer your food hot and spicy, and you tend to gobble your food without chewing it adequately. You're less likely than others to plan a balanced diet. You're a protein eater, and you need more meat in your diet and more foods that are high in iron than the average individual. With Aries here, you have a Scorpio ascendant and are normally not one to remark that you enjoyed your meal. In truth, you don't much care whether the meal is served graciously or tastefully. Your tendency is is just to dig in, and you are usually the first to leave the table once you are full. You hate to cook, and when you do, you tend to overcook your food. You are likely to be a regular customer at McDonald's and other fast food establishments, for you hate to stand in line and wait for a meal. Your tastes in food are basically Sagittarian, and, and you especially like foods that are boiled. With Leo on your 10th house cusp, you will find that a creativity-prepared, appetizing dinner is enjoyable and has a calming effect. Warm, lightly seasoned foods with little salt will, will, promo- will promote better digestion and nutrition. So I like this. This is interesting. So basically, you guys, this is going by 
what your uh, rising sign is to determine like what sign your um, second, sixth, and tenth house is. So obviously, if with Aries, um, you have um, Aries in, um, you know, one of these uh, in the second, sixth, or tenth, or um, and Sagittarius in one of those in Leo. So I, I like the way it really. <clears throat> goes into detail because now I can you know see what that is for for me and really all of us can and really implement it once we start to really get into the thick of it um, with you know using astrology for our you know health okay so hopefully you guys took notes so I would recommend taking notes that way you can like look back or know what to kind of look look towards with that so Okay, the next one is Taurus. So no question about it, you're the gourmet. You eat slowly and look to savor what you eat. Typically, you're not picky about foods. You eat as long as they are well prepared. However, you have a tendency to overeat and your keen taste for desserts may incline you you to become rather plump as you get older. You have Sagittarius rising and thus Jupiter is your chart ruler. Jupiter inclines to excess and the result of dietary excess is fat also ruled by jupiter sagittarius however inclines you to be rather tall with a large frame so excess fat is not as obvious you have the satisfaction of knowing that with sagittarius rising if you watch your diet you may live longer than other people capricorn rules your taste which probably includes a fondness for mushrooms sour or acid foods like sauerkraut and pickles, cold foods like ices and ice cream and gourmet foods from other countries. With Virgo on the 10th house cusp, the point of nutritional balance, you should, you should pay close attention to what you eat. Identify and avoid any foods that make you feel uncomfortable after eating. So eating too much food, Taurus, or concentrating too much on how the meal is served, Capricorn, will disturb your metabolic balance. So Make sure you, you know, again, when you have Jupiter and even Venus involved with nutritional stuff, you have to kind of be very aware of how much you're eating. Because, again, like they said, Jupiter rules fat and it also rules growth. So, you know, you'll expand pretty quick. And then you also have to look look at that Venetian rule of Taurus, you know, where you're going to indulge a lot more and really focus on your senses with your food. So desserts and stuff that are pleasurable will be very like highly palatable to you. So again, just, uh, and then you got to make sure for Virgo, you know, Virgo is a sign that you have to really be careful what you ingest because it rules like, you know, the stomach area. And so you can be way more sensitive than most when it comes to certain foods that you intolerate. Okay, next is Gemini. You're inclined to eat when you feel like it rather than at scheduled times. In other words, you're a snacker. Both men and women with Gemini here like to cook and prepare meals for others. And while they're looking, while they're cooking, they nibble. So, so by the time the meal is ready, they're generally full. Mealtime for you is a time for good conversation, discussing the day's activities around the table. With Capricorn rising, good form is important. You uh, and you notice good manners and insist upon them in your ch- in your children. 
Your taste in food are basically Aquarian, and since Aquarius rules salt, you like your foods well salted, which is not conduct- conducive to good nutrition. Your taste in good food, in, in good food, your taste in food change often, and thus you require great variety. But you are willing to try almost any food at least once. A balanced diet is your key to good nutrition with Libra on the 10th house cusp. You should plan each meal to include foods from each of the four nutritional groups. Okay, so Cancer. Like Taurus, you love good food and large family gatherings at mealtimes. Your taste in food tend toward the traditional, prop, uh, the traditional. Probably you have a large collection of recipes, some of which have been handed down through the family for generations, and you take pride in your cooking, especially of desserts. Cancers are cake and pie bakers and eaters. Dairy products are probably an important part of your meals. You like to see others leave the table stuff, and if children are around, you probably keep a jar full of cookies for them. If you have Capricorn Rising, you also have many of the characteristics mentioned in the description of Gemini on the sixth house cusp, with rather fixed tastes in food. If you if you brown bag it at work, you're inclined to stick to the same foods day after day with little variety. But if Aquarius or for some reason Capricorn is rising, Pisces occupies your second house, which means you enjoy seafood since Pisces symbolizes fish and the sea. Pisces is changeable, so you need plenty of variety in your diet. What tastes good today can lose its appeal tomorrow. Alcoholic beverages, fried foods, and oily salads also appear to you, but excess of all three should be avoided for good nutrition and health. With Scorpio on your 10th house, the key is to is to good nutrition is proper elimination. Be sure to include foods that add bulk, such as salads and bran. Illness may be caused by a buildup of toxic waste products, so you could promote elimination. Periodic fasting and or occasional use of myelaxative may enhance your feeling of well-being. So that's interesting, but I noticed it's, it mentioned again that if you have a Capricorn rising, so um, I don't. I don't know with that, but this is, if you're like, uh, if you have that, that's pretty much what it's kind of like. So, you know, I have been told one time by a astro nutritionist, cause I have a Pisces moon. I love seafood. And she said that has a lot to do with my, because I'm a Pisces moon. Like she said, usually anyone that's like a Pisces cancer moon, which is true. My husband's a cancer moon and we both love seafood. Like we can eat that all freaking day so that part doesn't surprise me okay so leo those with leo here the sun worshipers like their food well cooked and hot served in warm surroundings with lots of pomp and ceremony you enjoy eating out at the most lavish places your pocketbook will permit you are attracted to super uh supper clubs and cabarets that provide entertainment i'm about to sneeze i hope i'm i'm not um Okay. Um, that provide entertainment with a meal. When you entertain, there's always plenty of food for the guests. You put on good parties, with, which people generally enjoy. With Pisces rising, you usually provide lots of liquor too, if you can afford it. Lavish is the best word to describe your eating habits. When you shop, you're, you're inclined to pick, pick the most colorful, fresh, sun-ripened foods and the best cuts of meat you can afford. With cancer on the fifth house, you may well have the reputation of being a good cook. Garlic, lamb, mustard, and rhubarb 
should appeal to your taste since they are all ruled by Aries on your second house of taste. With Sagittarius on your 10th house cusp, you should get plenty of exercise for good health. After a heavy meal, a brisk walk will aid digestion and make you feel good. If you do not exercise enough, you will tend to feel full and sluggish after eating, which may lead to buildup of toxic waste. Okay, so next one is Virgo. The pickiness of Virgo is most noticeable on the cusp of the sixth, its natural house. Many nutritionists have Virgo here, and if you're typical, you are the family nutritionist. You are concerned that everyone around you eat a balanced diet well supplemented by vitamins and other dietary needs. Many with Virgo here are vegetarians or follow some other rather strict dietary regimen. You like to serve your meals on time or on a fixed schedule. People with this placement seem to be continually on a diet and watch their calorie intake carefully. Since Aries rises, your patience with others' eating habits is rather short. Beans, cereals, and pork products should especially suit your taste with Taurus on your second house. With Leo on the cusp of your fifth house, you like your food colorfully prepared and steaming hot. Capricorn on your 10th house cusp is a reminder of an often neglected factor in good nutrition, proper posture. At meals, be sure to sit in a chair that makes you sit up straight, and afterward, be sure to sit or stand with a straight back. By paying more attention to your posture at all times, you can avoid having minor di- uh, many minor digestive problems. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, so Libra. With Libra here, mealtimes are the occasion for good conversation and sociability. When you entertain, food is not so important. Although you usually have plenty of candy around, you are the cocktail party variety of entertainer. With Virgo on the fifth house cusp, though you are a stickler for properly prepared meals, if Taurus rises, you can be a slave to habit in that you are not very willing to try new foods. Potatoes ruled by Venus may well be a mainstay of your diet. Archie Bunker at the dinner table is a symbol of this placement. Typically, you have a sweet tooth and gifts of candy are always welcome. This combination tends to make you overweight, so count your calories carefully. With Gemini in your second house cusp, you like nuts and it meets with rib and shoulder cuts. This combination best symbolizes America's eating habits. (sighs) Aquarius, the water bearer on your 10th house cusp, suggests that need to include more liquids in your diet. Liquids aid in good digestion by washing excess salts out of your system and constipation may be a problem unless you increase your intake of liquids. So maybe it doesn't fully go through like all, I guess they just put whatever um, rising it is. I was kind of hoping it did because man, but at least like those of you who are like, if you're like a Libra sun with a Taurus rising, you can take notes here because this is basically what your six, you know, second and 10th house looks like. So, so Scorpio, this is the sign of the loner and Pluto, its ruler symbolizes dark and out of the way places, dark and intimate and unusual eating places off the beat, beaten path should appeal to you. You don't mind eating alone or with just one another person. Or, or just one another person by candlelight and romantic surroundings. Something to drink with meals, alcoholic or otherwise, is a must with cancer on your second house. You're probably a milk drinker. You love dairy products of all sorts as well as oysters, often raw. Macaroni, noodles, eggs, and mushrooms. Many people with Virgo on the fourth house cusp enjoy growing their own vegetables in a backyard, in a backyard garden. 
A peculiarity of this combination is that you tend to eat when you feel like it, and when you get hungry, nothing can keep you from eating. You are very compulsive about eating, eating times and food selection. When you are hungry, you don't like to be kept waiting. With Pisces on your 10th house cusp, you tend to assume what your diet is providing um, what you need because you are more interested in other areas of life. With Gemini rising, you should focus your attention more on your diet and take responsibility for your own nutrition. It can be fascinating study and with your intellectual curiosity, it is certainly worthy of your attention. Okay, so Sagittarius. With Jupiter ruling the sixth house, this combination is symbolized by the by the horn of plenty. Your table groans under the weight of the food. Your family will never go hungry as long as you have a nickel in your pocket and in-laws may be frequent guests at your table. Foods from abroad whet your appetite. There is also a tendency to overeat and a few people with this combination can be called skinny. When you prepare meals, you like everyone else to stay out of the kitchen. With Leo on the cusp of your second house, your tastes include almonds, cinnamon, corn, gin, citrus, fruits, olives, rice, and foods grown on vines such as grapes and squash. Aries on your 10th house cusp emphasizes the need to pay more attention to your physical body. Are you proud of your body? With cancer rising, you are sensitive about what others think of you, and a bad self-image can drive you back into your shell. You take great pride in your possessions, but remember, your greatest possession is your body. By taking pride in it and paying attention to good bodily nutrition, you can gain greater self-confidence and security. Okay, so Capricorn, you tend to be careful about what you eat and you are able to leave the table when you are full. You are concerned with form, good manners, and how the meal is served. Leo Rising compliments this. When you eat out, you choose places where you will be noticed socially and you are usually not a bit hesitant about sending food back to the kitchen. You like to transact business at the dinner table and you rarely drink too much, if at all. Virgo on the second house makes your taste even more fussy. Honey, poultry, and grain foods satisfy your Virgo tastes well. While you may not be a gourmet, you are likely to be a connoisseur of food and drink, an excellent coffee and wine taster. Taurus on the cusp of your 10th house means that your taste is a good indicator of what is best for you to eat. If something doesn't taste good, you probably shouldn't eat it. That speaks to me for sure. Listen to what your taste buds tell you about what is best for you nutritionally. So I have a Taurus 10th house, so... um, that's interesting because that is like, if it doesn't taste good, I cannot eat it. That's why I am devising a plan of how to really, like, I've been decent with adding more protein, but I definitely need to learn how to, like, try different ways of making vegetables, especially different colors, because I always stick with green vegetables, but I want to start adding, like, the reds and the purples and all the other colors, you know, so... Anyways, um, Aquarius, quite a number of people with Aquarius, uh, the, the sign of service and the house of service work in the food industry. Frequently as waiters and waitresses, you are particularly careful about how you prepare food for yourself and others. And you like to experiment with new and sometimes with rather zany dishes. You are budget conscious and know how to, to get the best deal for your food dollar. With Libra on the second house cusp, sweets can sometimes be a problem. 
You enjoy strawberries and like to have music with your meals. The duality of Gemini, which is on the cusp of your 10th house, controls your nutrition. At one moment, you are very careful about the kinds of foods you eat, but at the next, you overindulge in junk foods and have no food value. Overindulgence in sweets and carbohydrates is is likely to be your greatest problem. However, Virgo rising gives you the ability to discriminate and choose and to choose your diet wisely. Okay, so Pisces, this is the last one. Individuals with Pisces here eat when they feel like it. When the mood strikes them, you like alcohol, but you are often diet conscious because with Libra rising, you want to maintain an attractive physical appearance. With Scorpio on the second house cusp, your taste and food are fixed with definite likes and dislikes. You eat plenty of protein. You are not a candy eater and rarely eat desserts, but you do love licorice. You fit in easily with any social group at mealtime and enjoy good conversation with eating. But when you are really hungry, you tend to bolt your food without chewing it properly. Normally, you enjoy cooking for and entertaining others at meals. You tend to oversalt your foods. You also enjoy growing your own vegetables in a backyard garden. Guests who eat with you have better compliment the chef or they are, they are not likely to get another invitation Those with Libra rising thrive on flattery. Cancer on your 10th house cusp indicates a need to drink plenty of liquids with with your meals. With Libra rising, balance is essential in your diet and you should balance solid foods with enough liquids to aid digestion. Food allergies and gas are indicators of an unbalanced diet. Also, you tend to eat when you are feeling insecure or to drink when you are tense, but it's not good to try to escape your problems by eating. Your emotions at mealtime affect your digestion, so try to create a pleasant atmosphere when you eat. Okay, so that was it for that part. And now let's go ahead and jump into the food allergies. So again, if any of you were those sun signs and it you had the rising that it explained, take notes because at least they kind of gave you a little bit of help to understand how that is going to work out for you. Okay, so food allergies, Um, every health-oriented astrologer knows that allergies are primarily symbolized by the moon and by cancer. Those with the moon in the sixth house or cancer on its cusp frequently report allergic reaction to certain types of foods. They are likely to be allergic to dairy products, especially milk, although they may like these foods anyway. Which also uh, watch also for any planets in the horoscope that are in square aspect to the moon. So this is something I need to write down. For the foods symbolized by the aspecting planet may cause food allergies. Jupiter or Venus square the moon in the sixth house, for example, sometimes indicates an allergic reaction to strawberries. I have observed that many persons with Gemini on the cusp of the sixth house also suffer from food allergy, because Cancer occupies the latter degrees of this house. Asthma in particular can be brought on by certain foods. Isn't that interesting? So remember that if you have anything squaring your moon, um, make sure you look at what the planet represents uh, nutritional wise. And um, yeah, Uh, look to see if you have any allergies, what that is. I got to (laughs) like... I got to look at my chart because I do have uh, one that um, a planet that squares the moon. Okay, so um, sun sign variations. 
In general, all humans have the same general nutritional requirements. However, because of hereditary, we, we require differing proportions of the various essential foods. Because we digest some substances easily and others with some difficulty, your natal sun sign indicates foods that are metabolized easily. The sign opposite the sun sign indicates foods that are not met- metabolized easily. Um, so let me read that again. Your natal sun sign indicates foods that are metabolized easily. The sign opposite the sun sign indicates foods that are not metabolized easily. Ooh, interesting. Okay. However, if a person increases the por- the proportion of the food symbolized by the sign opposite the sun, there is little benefit unless the substance related to the sun sign are also present to enhance their metabolism. For example, people with the sun in cancer require increased calcium in the diet since calcium is ruled by Saturn, which is also Capricorn. I was just going to say that. Cancer's opposite sign. To take calcium tablets alone would have little effect. The calcium should be obtained through milk, dairy products, and other uh, cancer-ruled substances. Mother Nature, in her wisdom, um, provides for this because persons with the cancer sun are usually fond of dairy products. This principle is further demonstrated in chapters 9 and 10, which discuss vitamins, minerals, and the physiological cell salts. Be careful not to confuse these nutritional requirements with food preferences discussed earlier. The sun and its opposite sign show special nutritional requirements. And this was very, this was italicized, so it obviously means it's very important. Which have little to do with your particular food preferences and tastes as shown by the sign on the second house cusp. Often we want foods that are not particularly good for us, nor easily digestible, easily especially when the signs on the cusp of the second and 10th houses are, are in different elements because of interception. Okay. So that's why I said, again, make sure you guys, if you haven't listened to this and you're just joining um, this podcast, Hey, what's up? Stay with us, learn with us. Um, please make sure you listen to the previous four episodes um, so that you can understand your, your sister sign. You have to really, Make sure throughout your whole chart, not just your sun sign, that you read the sister sign of your chart because basically you express all of that stuff. So, all right. So, um, astrology and metabolism. The student should keep in mind certain basic principles in studying astronutrition. First of all, the word metabolism represents the sum of all the biomedical, bi- biochemical, I'm sorry, processes that take place within the body. These processes can be divided into two general categories of chemical reaction. Process that breaks down complex uh, compounds into simpler ones and those that make simpler compounds into more complex ones. The biologist calls these processes catabolism and anabolism, respectively. The chemist calls them analysis and synthesis. But whatever you call these two processes, Venus slash Jupiter is symbolically related to the anabolic process and Mars and Saturn to the catabolic process. In the simplest terms, Venus represents the process of growing. So that's, you know, gaining, you know, like fat or, you know, something like that. Um, Represents the result of growth. Mars represents the degenerative process and Saturn, the result, old age and eventual death. 
Another way of looking at metabolism is in terms of energy. Some reactions use energy. Other reactions release energy. The majority of chemical reactions in the body require an, uh, energy in order to occur. These called endothermic reactions are under the rulership, uh, general rulership of the moon. Exothermic reaction, those that release energy are ruled by the sun. Most exothermic reactions involve ox oxidation of some compound. When the compound combines with oxygen, heat is released. The basic process of respiration is exothermic with a simple sugar glucose as the fuel and with the body supplying oxygen that heat. The heat that is released provides each cell with the necessary energy for all of its endothermic reactions. In broad terms, respiration is ruled by the sun, but it is also a Saturn ruled process analysis because the um, relatively complex glucose molecule is broken down into the simpler uh, molecules of carbon dioxide and water. The reverse endothermic process in plant is called photosynthesis, in which the plant combines the sun's energy with water and carbon dioxide to form starch in its leaves. Photosynthesis is ruled by the moon and by Jupiter synthesis. Digestion is also a two-part process. In the first part, foods are broken down from complex to simpler compounds. What takes place after the digestive tract is analytic and Saturn-ruled. After these Simple compounds are absorbed in the small intestine, their, re their rearrangement into more complex compounds that the body needs is synthetic and thus Jupiter ruled. Therefore, in assessing a needle horoscope for nutritional or metabolic purposes, it is most important to note the aspect relationships among and take notes. So go grab a pen and paper before I say anything or push pause. And take notes of what these relationships, aspects with these relationships of these particular planets. Ooh, come on. So I'll read it again so you can get some time or press pause again. Therefore, in assessing a natal horoscope for nutritional or metabolic purpose, it is most important to note the aspect relationships among the sun, the moon, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Again, Sun, Moon, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Sometimes the so-called afflicted aspects, specifically planets in square, opposition, semi-square, or quincunx, in conjunct, indicate problems with the body chemistry. A conjunction between planets in a group 1, Sun, Venus, and Jupiter and group two, moon, Mars, and Saturn, is also an aspect of affliction. Okay. So a conjunction within one of these groups is not generally considered an affliction, at least from the nutritional point of view. In nutritional astrology, Mercury and Uranus generally symbolize mental aspects of the physical problem. Neptune and Pluto are usually associated with compounds that in one way or another are toxic, to the body or at least have no part in the body's natural chemistry. Neptune represents drugs that deceive the body in some way to accomplish some medical purpose. Aspirin, for example, is Neptune ruled since it makes the body turn off pain mechanisms and tricks the senses into believing that the pain is gone. Neptune type poisons are those that we do not usually identify as poisons. Pluto type poisons are as a rule more obvious. Pluto is also the general ruler of enzymes. 
but the purpose of enzymes is to cause certain reactions to occur. They are not themselves products of the reaction. In Saturn-type reactions analysis, solid or gaseous waste products are formed that are of no further value to the body and must be eliminated. The solid waste products are ruled by Pluto and the gaseous ones by Neptune. These waste products can be toxic to the body if they are not promptly eliminated. If you keep these basic principles in mind, you will find it relatively easy to assign planetary rulerships to metabolic substances and processes even when a reference book does not give the proper rulership. One other principle of astronutrition should be kept firmly in mind. That just because a substance is valuable to the body in proper amount, too much of a good thing can be as bad as the lack of it. Too much vitamin A and D, for example, can damage the liver. Too much salt can cause cause hypertension. Too much sugar, hypoglycemia, and too much fat, obesity. For good nutrition, excess of all kinds should be avoided. So that is it for that chapter, you guys. I hope that was helpful and I hope you guys take notes because after reading that, I definitely need to look into some things because I do have certain aspects um, to those particular planets. I don't think I have any, I mean, I have to look to be honest, but most of mine has to do with like the sun has a lot of, I have a Pluto sun conjunct. I have a moon Neptune square. I think I have a Venus Jupiter square. And I have a Venus conjunct Mars. I have, a, I mean, well, Mercury, Mercury wasn't included in there. It doesn't say Mercury. I think it's conjunct my sign as well. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's nuts. So, anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I think um, what I will do is I will look at my own stuff and see what I get from it. That way it kind of puts it into perspective for you guys. And um, I will let you know how that works. But the next chapter we will be focusing on is proteins. So um, that's going to be good. It's going to like tell you like proteins in the diet and how it works and what planets and everything are affected as well as amino acids and all that good juicy stuff. So I hope you guys are having fun like I am. I really love, I like nerd out like hell on this stuff. So I love you guys so much. I got to start getting ready for work and I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful day. You guys take care. Love you so much. Bye.